0: Hello! Welcome back to the audio version of We're All Friends Here, a weekly column for people asking life's big questions. This week I am reading you the essay from April 16th, 2022, last Saturday, which is called How to Become a Resting Place for Yourself and Others. Let's get started! In college, I became friends with a guy who loved Bob Dylan. I was not the first to have that experience at a small liberal arts college, and I will not be the last. My friend had been a Dylan fan for years, but was just getting to know the album Blood on the Tracks, which he shared with me eagerly. We listened to it in his dorm room while I sipped impossibly cheap red wine, and he smoked a little weed. That spring, I played some other Dylan classics to get to know his work, but my friend's enthusiasm for blood on the tracks marked my foray into the world of semi-sung white guy poetry. It was not a bad introduction. The album is about heartbreak, so it satisfied my need for deep feeling and stoked my fascination with finding something, in a romantic sense, that it would actually hurt to lose. These days, my allegiance to singer-songwriters from the Dylan era rests firmly with Joni Mitchell. But every time I think about Blood on the Tracks, I remember what it is like to share a little music with a friend on a Tuesday night, to be naive and hopeful and full of longing for things we did not yet understand. It also reminds me of a simpler time, when listening to an album with a friend on a weeknight was still possible. The albums we encounter during formative chapters usually stick with us, so Blood on the Tracks holds a tiny little spot on the inner shelf of my brain. I can no longer tell you the name of every song, but two parts I truly loved lodge themselves more deeply in my heart and, to this day, play from my internal speakers on command. One is Buckets of Rain, which opens with five lines that feel like they were written for me. It goes like this. Buckets of rain, buckets of tears. Got all them buckets coming out of my ears. Buckets of moonbeams in my hand. You got all the love, honey baby, I can stand. And the second is Shelter from the Storm which stands out to me, not on the whole, but for its single line refrain that ends every verse. Come in, she said, I'll give you shelter from the storm. I still sing that line to myself every now and then. It gives a little nod to one of my hopes, which is that I might offer others some shelter, a sense of rest and safety along the way last Tuesday when the subway shooting happened in Brooklyn I was writing and did not immediately get the news my best friend in Michigan messaged me when she saw the headline to confirm I was okay I was I passed the alert on to other friends in the area in the hours that followed I heard from three other friends and my mom being checked on gives you a good feeling I learned that the person one of my closest friends is dating was supposed to be on the very platform where the incident occurred at that time, but was running five minutes late to work. In other words, he could have easily been there. That surreal little bit of reality made the shooting feel closer to home. Later that night, I was scheduled to attend a book event in Cobble Hill, which required me to take the Q and the R across Brooklyn. The Q and the R both run on the yellow line, which was the site of the shooting at the 36th Street Station in Sunset Park. Hours had passed since the incident, and I decided to stick with the plan. When I entered my subway station, typically a low-key place where I have never seen anything unsettling, I noticed five cops right off the bat. Usually there are none. As I walked by, one of them shook his head and said to his partner, What strange times. The obvious police presence made me anxious and reminded me that the gunman was not yet in custody. On the queue, everyone else must have been thinking the same thing. The collective energy was weird, extra quiet, a little tense. When it was time to change trains, I considered waiting for the R, which had most service suspended but was running on a very small stretch, but ultimately ditched the train to make the rest of the trip on foot. A spring stroll sounded much nicer than another dystopian ride in a confined space with strangers. I enjoyed every step and got an ice cherry blossom oolong at a tea shop I found on the way. Once I arrived on foot at Books Are Magic for the event, I asked the booksellers for help charging my dead phone. No problem, they said, and plugged it right in. Thank you so much. That will help me get home a different way later, I responded. They nodded. I would not want to travel home tonight without a phone, one said. Her immediate empathy reminded me that we were all in the same boat. Mary Laura Philpot opened the event for her new book, Bomb Shelter, by acknowledging the shooting and thanking everyone for attending. Many people in the audience said it was their first in-person book event since before the pandemic. They showed up despite that day's terror. As the event unfolded, it seemed to me that we all offered each other a little shelter that night. The horror in the world is undeniable. We see war and shootings and plagues. Yet we showed up in search of shared connection and understanding anyway. Strangers struck up conversations as if they were friends. Everyone in the room clearly believed in the importance of sharing stories and exploring our humanity. The exchange that occurred was intimate and generous. There was safety and power, real shelter in our witnessing. For whatever reason, usually unexpectedly and completely out of the blue, I occasionally find myself in situations where strangers spill all. There was once a guy who told me about his uncle's death and how important this uncle had been to him while crying uncontrollably at an airport. There was another person who divulged the most unsettling secret of her marriage ten minutes after we met. Others share their traumatic moments and deepest fears. Some reveal relationship problems they do not feel comfortable telling anyone else, least of all, their partner. Often, people apologize after opening up as if they are not entirely certain why their secrets are bubbling forth. My husband, who watches this unfold, has developed a theory about why it happens, Which is simply that he thinks I make other people feel safe. I cannot experience myself, I can only be myself, so I leave the theories to him. But it is true that I am always honored to have people's trust and make every effort for those in my presence to feel seen and supported. I enjoy connecting with others in those moments, and over the years, when wondering how I might offer that sense of safety to the world in more formalized ways, I came to understand that I could not reliably be a shelter for others until I became a shelter for myself. Becoming a shelter for myself has been a heightened need in my life recently. As I spread my attention across multiple places and responsibilities, I experienced stress. As a result, my focus became splintered, and I felt less grounded and secure. Once you reach that place, it is easy to stay there. Yet, I was interested in returning to peacefulness, so I began to wonder how I might give myself shelter, even in chaos. Whether it is a new, empty apartment a fraught subway ride, or a busy neighborhood bar, I want the fullness of myself to arrive, wherever I am. If I feel split into pieces, experiencing my intrinsic wholeness becomes impossible, and I am left untethered, which is never a good feeling in a storm. In those moments, the way back to wholeness is simple. My only option is to reconnect to my breath, my spirit, my heart, my bones, my cells. This return is a sacred act. When I go back to myself, the choppy waters grow still. Coming back to wholeness feels like I spread a blanket out in a beautiful field where everything around me is in bloom and sit down. From there, I gently extend a hand to all those distracted parts of myself and invite them to join me on the grass. Once I bring the scattered bits of my heart back together, I find shelter from the storm. Only then, building a haven one plank at a time, can I turn towards others and invite them to sit beside me. I can't thank you enough for joining me here again this week. Thank you for listening to this essay and for being part of the We're All Friends Here community. It would mean so much to me if you shared this with a friend, maybe someone who has offered you a little shelter from the storm. It is a deep honor to meet you in this space and to have your attention and your presence so again thanks for sharing that with me and i hope you're having the most joyful light easeful and inspiring spring take care out there